Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety and learn how to be more fully present in life. Each week, I'm speaking with experts in the fields of entrepreneurship, nutrition, mindset, sex, spirituality, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a writer, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. Through my own struggle to balance the demands of motherhood and life, I discovered that to truly be happy, we need to be present. Your journey to feeling less stressed and more blissfully present in your own life starts right now. Well, hello guys. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. This is an episode all about relationships and even how we relate to ourselves. I'm speaking today with Dr. Linda Anderson. She is a clinical psychologist and author of the new book, Silent Agreements, which comes out May 7th. And in this episode, we discuss all of the unspoken expectations and agreements that we have with ourselves and others, be it our spouse, children, coworkers, neighbors, you name it. Um, and oftentimes it's completely unconscious and we only are aware of these silent agreements when things go wrong. So I'm so pleased to have Dr. Anderson on the show to really bring us uh, more awareness about these issues and then practical tools that will help all of our relationships get better because really that's what it's all about. We want to get better every single day and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on the show. So enjoy. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and share it with a friend. Enjoy. This and all the episodes are brought to you by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is the product line that I created with the intention of helping you, the listener, get through your day with less stress, less anxiety, less pain, less inflammation, so many things that CBD helps with. And I wanted to create the best product that I could. So we use USA Grown Hemp. It's all organic. And the capsules with ashwagandha and green tea are actually amazing for your liver. Ashwagandha is an amazing liver detoxifier, which is something I think a lot of people don't realize. In addition to helping your body battle stress, it actually helps cleanse your liver. And with all of the environmental toxins that we are faced with every single day, our livers need all of the help that they can get. And so that's what the capsules are great for. And I love the tincture because it's actually not an oil. It's a water-soluble uh, medically structured uh, compound. And so you can put it in liquids and it will still be bioavailable to you. Um, and I actually put it, if I'm not putting it underneath my tongue every morning, I'm putting it in my coffee before I head off for my day. And it's just so marvelous. And I, if I don't take it that day, I notice it. So you can get yours at motherhoodunstressed.com. Or if you would like it in your neighborhood, just ask your favorite natural food market or salon or coffee shop to stock it and just have them reach out to me on Instagram or through my website at motherhoodunstressed.com. And we will get it out to your neighborhood as soon as possible. Well, hello, Dr. Anderson. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to talk to you about your work, your book, Silent Agreements, and everything that you're doing in the world to make people better in their relationships. So thank you for being on the show. I am thrilled to be on the show and eager to share uh, as much wisdom and advice as we can about silent agreements. Right. So I just want to jump right in with a question for everyone listening. What are silent agreements? Well, silent agreements are all of our unspoken expectations, assumptions, beliefs that we hold others accountable to. Yet we have no conversation about this at all. And therefore, 
they really reflect the implicit rules of our relationship. Um, again, they are undercover. And so this sets the stage for many possible opportunities for miscommunication, misunderstanding, uh, et cetera. Wow. And are silent agreements something that we're conscious of, or is it something that we've always had and we just, we don't even realize that they're operating? First of all, silent agreements are operating all over the place, okay, in our lives, in every context. Um, It's usually until there is a snafu or a misunderstanding when there is potential work to do Mm. in order to uh, in, in order to improve the situation and get greater clarity. Um, yeah. Okay. So take us back. How was the work that you were doing prior to the book? How did it culminate into this book on silent agreements? First of all, I am one of three co-authors. All of us are clinical psychologists and uh, we each have brought a lens and a work history that we put together to actually come up with this concept. Um, I have been a full-time professor teaching psychology in both the public and private sector, as well as a consulting psychologist at independent schools with a small private practice. Another colleague, Dr. Michelle Owens, is essentially in full-time private practice. And she is also a consultant to um, a leading organization to uh, help students uh, improve and get greater opportunity in school. And then there's Dr. Sonia Banks, who has a great deal of um, organizational experience. Uh, She goes in and helps to improve uh, communication across management systems in organization and also uh, has a private practice that focuses on helping adults learn to play more in their relationships. So all three of us as colleagues had great respect for each other. Uh, We knew of each other's reputation. And many years ago, we came together to start our own study group. So we would meet monthly initially, just because we were excited about what we were doing. We were trying to find very common uh, denominators that would help us uh, really just improve our healing practice whether it was in our work with children, teenagers, adults, whether it was individual, group, or couples therapy. But we we felt that our enthusiasm about wanting to uh, really harness some ideas that would be life-changing for individuals was really what carried us over over the years. And at some point in time, we just said, well, why don't we write a book? (laughs) So we very authentically came together and uh, to to create these opportunities for people to learn. Uh, I love it. mm -hmm. Was it difficult writing a book with two other authors? (laughs) We always get that question. (laughs) Um, I would just say that 
our communication tools have improved over the years, keep on improving. We find the joy in the collaboration. Well, it's not every moment every day, but uh, clearly that fuels our understanding of why we have to always be discerning about how we're getting along, how we're communicating, so that we can continue this creative process, which we all really love. Yeah, and, and it's great to enjoy the company of colleagues who become friends, who you really honor and respect. Absolutely. And so I want to touch back to the book and, you know, obviously we have a lot of mothers tuning into the show and I love the example that you have in the book about the young girl who the neighbor comes over, but the mom is really busy and she's like, oh, I don't have time to see her. But then she lets her in and she's very, you know, friendly. And the daughter says, you know, my mom doesn't have time to be yakking with you. And the mother is horrified and is like, be quiet, go sit in the corner. And that's where her her silent agreement comes up. So can you take us through how silent agreements start when we're very, very young and how we can avoid as mothers doing that to our own children? Oh, that's a great question because the formation of these early silent agreements, um, you know, do start at home vis-a-vis the modeling that, that that is observed by the young child. And um, sometimes uh, if and when inauthentic uh, communication is going on in the home, um, that is, you're not saying what you mean, right? Or whether there is a facade or masking of feelings that may confuse the child and give them mixed messages about what is going on and how they're understanding the world and themselves. Um, you know, that's what that's where often these silent agreements come from, uh, where messages may be given in a home that your genuine feelings really aren't that important. Mm. And uh, if someone wants something of you that you really don't want to provide, you still have to act to that and play to that anyway. So, you know, I would say that (laughs) communication is not always direct. Inevitably, there are going to be these places, these spaces, these shadows where we have to make some meaning of right? That meaning may be accurate or it may be false. (laughs) It may be contrived, right? Or it may be uh, real and difficult, but nonetheless real in terms of how it's felt. So I think that a lot of times, you know, as parents, we just don't understand the impact that it's having on our child, on our children, on our young children. We try and do the best we can here. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in situations where uh, sometimes complete honesty is just really not happening at the moment. <laughs> On the other hand, we also have the opportunity where we can talk about that later, mm-hmm. help a child process a situation where, you know, maybe 
as a parent, we weren't handling precisely and perfectly, right? But that we can always go back to that. Mm. And it also tells our children that, you know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We can rearrange things. We can make adjustments in order to perhaps correct or make clearer uh, what it is that we really intended to say or tended to mean. And that's really important that we put the effort in that. I love that you just said that because it's like you can course correct after the fact you've avoided the awkward situation with the neighbor or with the relative. And, you know, if they're, they've left happy and then you can say, Hey, you know, I know mommy said something and you were like, well, what did you mean by that? When you were just complaining before, and then you, you reframe it for them so that it's not cemented in, in their minds that they always have to be people pleasers or, you know, and whatever it may be in that situation. So I mean, for me personally, that's something I'm definitely going to take away from this conversation is, okay, you know, yes, situations arise, you know, as adults, you have to deal with things a little bit differently, but hey, you know, you can course correct and talk to your child afterwards when everyone has left. That's Um, right. Right. The thing that we don't want to do is to encourage our children to shut down and shove those feelings down or those confusions down. And I think that's really the main point, nor do we want to do that in ourselves either. Yeah. Yeah. For someone listening who may not even be aware that they have these silent agreements, whether it's with a coworker or a neighbor or even their spouse, which I definitely want to get into with you. um, How do you start bringing awareness to those things? Well, you know, I would just say that uh, in our book, we have offered a toolkit. And uh, the first phase is an identification and discernment phase around, um, you know, do I have silent agreements? We all have silent agreements. But again, and some of them actually align very well. So some of them are very healthy. They tend to be positive. They're issues we don't have to talk about because everything is rolling merrily along. And why talk about it, you know? Um, it's, it's really when we bump up against them, um, either with ourselves, because we, we, the silent agreements start with ourselves. Um, we, we all make them usually with ourselves in our own heads, because it's so much easier to agree with what we already believe Mm. (laughs) to be true. So what what would be an agreement that we would make with ourselves, a silent Uh, agreement? Well, there are so many. I mean, I might believe that um, I have to be a perfect uh, cook or a a perfect looker in order to keep my relationship healthy with my Mm -hmm. husband. That might be my own silent agreement. Ah, okay. And if I come into the situation with that belief, um, (laughs) you know, marriage lasts a long time. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) And there are going to be many days when reality is not going to align with this belief that I've inherited from, you know, my perfect mother. Mm -hmm. So it's just, just just an example of a silent agreement with ourselves. And so um, unpacking that, uh, we offer these tools to to unpack our beliefs that we bring to situations, our expectations, our assumptions, um, and have exercises that help us do that. Uh, and then 
you know, also look at our silent agreements uh, that we have with others and how they may carry over. I love it. And I love that you said that some silent agreements are actually okay. I mean, you think about it, if you're the person that's, you know, normally taking care of your parents and your siblings kind of understand that and you don't mind it and it just is what it is. Like, I've definitely seen that in my own family. Mm-hmm. And and you're right. Like, it just kind of works and everyone's happy and there's no, you don't have to send out an email chain. Or you don't have to make calls. Like, you just roll with it. Right. We don't have to talk about every single nuance of our interactions. And why would you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and sometimes it's just too much. Really, we're talking about the whole being, the whole self. There's got to be this internal synchronicity, that balance, you know, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual and there are things that we can just feel and know that it's well and it's good and mm-hmm. it's real. Okay. So naturally I have to ask you about marital relationships. Um, <laughs> how can the mothers listening avoid common pitfalls, especially after they've been married for several years? So, oh, there are just some very classic uh, pitfalls uh, potentially. Um, and the other thing is that you know, not to dwell on the point, but uh, relationships vary. There are ups, that there are downs. They can get stalemated and they can get stagnant. But we also understand that um, marriages that keep and try and keep the relationship as fresh as possible, in spite of the challenges that come up, you know, create a lot more pathways for joy, whether it be experienced independently, you know, in our own personal selves, as well as in our communication with our partners, that we uh, often, because of these challenges, need to reset our expectations. We, We often need to make adjustments around what we once believed to be true is not necessarily the case anymore, (laughs) you know, factoring in new information. And uh, we can recalibrate. And and for those of us with a growth mindset, we often do embrace that idea that change is really possible and worth fighting for. And sometimes we do have to fight for it. Right, right. I mean, because, you know, you look at the divorce rate, it's 50%, maybe more nowadays. Um, Do you think, and, you know, obviously it's kind of a a reaching statement, but do you think most marriages break down because people have fallen too deeply into silent agreements and they're not communicating as they should be? And then all of a sudden they're like, how did we get here? I would say absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Really, you know, there are, and the issues around alienation can abound. The histories that we bring, the baggage that we bring from other relationships. And, uh, you know, couples who can successfully communicate this without the blaming, the guilting, and the shaming mm-hmm. <laughs> are the ones who are at great advantage here. Um, but that does take, it takes a lot of maturity to do that. And it takes a lot of tools, know-how. Um, 
you know, we can't constantly be working, you know, sorting out our problems all the time in our relationship. It's just, that's just not the pathway to go. It does, you know, we, it's necessary to be discerning, to think about the climate in which we want to approach these issues, um, how much time we really want to spend on uh, that kind of exploration. Is there a way to do it in a way that's not so heavy and Mm. intense, you know, so that you know, one is freeing oneself up to be more open to listening because really uh, we are the doctors who feel the listening and in our own lives. And we're just reminding people that, you know, when we hold on to these grudges and these resentments, that those are blockades. So this mm-hmm. is where people get support, outside support. You know, maybe they can't hear that or see that. And so going into some kind of marriage counseling, family therapy, or just individual is a way for a professional to kind of identify that and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling like there's something else going on here. And I'm not sure that, you know, bringing this uh, attitude right, or emotion, in the end, is going to help you hear what your partner has to say, or even in terms of your expressing or communicating your perspective. This is, this is tough stuff when yeah. we get into those stalemates and, you know, when everybody thinks they're right. Ooh, that was a powerful statement because I think that that's, it's such an addictive thing. You know, you want to be right because if you're not, then, you know, where have you been this whole time? Like you, where's reality? Our culture teaches us to be right. We need the right answer, right? We have to take the right position to debate our points. Um, You know, when we're in a relationship, uh, actually being right is not exactly the main point here. Mm-hmm. It's really about understanding. Wow. I love that. Yeah. So likely that your mate will not feel or believe or assume exactly what you thought he or she did. And that's the way that goes. So when you're counseling people and you're kind of bringing more awareness to maybe some silent agreements that they had in their own relationships, do you find that people are open to that new information or do you think that they're more unsettled and scared? Because like I said, the reality has kind of shifted. It's not what they thought. Their partner thinks a certain way and they thought they thought something completely differently. They thought that the relationship was fine and it hasn't been. Absolutely. I would just say that Um, generally people who are seeking guidance and help outside are usually, uh, I don't want to say usually, but maybe there's a greater tolerance uh, uh, threshold there for taking a look Mm -hmm. at something that may be difficult. Uh, So, because the first step is really getting to the place where you say, look, I may need some more information, some more support, some more guidance. So I would say you're kind of in a better place at that moment, but it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, it's not a perfect, you know, scenario here. It's work. 
it, it's, it's work to sit with confusion. It's, it's work to uh, be problem solving, right? And work, the work is good. The work is necessary. We don't, no one really escapes that if they are really trying to clarify and discern what's working here, why is that, what are the agreements here between us that, you know, keep us in this standstill. Um, yeah, but hmm. change is possible. And, and the support systems that we build in whether it be self-care, because as we're working through these difficulties, this is exactly the time when we should be focusing on our own personal self-care, right? To build up our reserves, to find relaxation, um, to remind ourselves about our divine wholeness, no matter what's going on, you know, that's the time to really do that and to make sure that your partner's taking care of themselves that way. Because then that, that, that buys more time, that buys more space, hopefully, mm-hmm. to hang in there, you know. Um, and then also the support for uh, besides the, our own self-care, but communities of support. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, communities of support are very, very important. I remember when I was, um, I actually postponed motherhood, for example. And uh, being a professional mother, I had many jobs at the time. And while that was gratifying to me, I know I was seeking there was something else I felt like I needed that was missing. While the while having a son was the highlight of my life, um, it was basically caregiving and nurturing with my son and then work. Hmm. And at some point I realized I needed more affirmation. I needed more acknowledgement for me as a mother that I wasn't getting in the, all the workplaces I was, right? Because we didn't talk about that at work. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of was not really the green light wasn't on to talk about your your bliss as a mother. And so I did um, actually join a mother's group for myself. And it was wonderful because I could talk about my child. I could, it was, you know, that was exactly what I needed. So what I'm saying is when we get in these difficult periods great to find other sources of information and inspiration, like your show, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are many uh, members of your audience who, you know, are searching for solutions and you're providing that, but also in other communities of support where you can find it. It's not enough to complain and, and kind of have that complaining thread going on in the relationships, talking about all the frustrations. And right. That's not the direction that's going to move us forward for 
getting new tools and information. Right, right. And I feel like people who get stuck in that cycle, that's almost a silent agreement. You know, he does something and then she complains or, you know, she's being erratic and then he's miserable and that's their relationship. I've seen relationships like that and I just go, oh, you know, I mean, and that's just the couple that that are like that. And it's just, it's disheartening and you know, they're not happy. Like they can't be. No, I mean, we make all kinds of agreements uh, in our relationships and you're absolutely right. I would just say that uh, there are some sometimes just simple things that people, that couples can do to just let each other know that they're working on it, that they're making, that they're doing something different. Hmm. It may not be exactly what you want or exactly what, you know, you need fully, but, you know, things like, maybe setting a mutual bedtime a few times a week that work for both of you that you agree on. Um, Maybe even like sending a couple of love texts every day or one, once a week, something (laughs) in our busy lives, especially if you have two working professionals, right? Something quick, but how nice. Um, sharing a special time during the day, morning coffee or tea, maybe, and saying that you both love those 10 minutes and that you're there and you're sitting next to each other, right? Um, and then, of course, as I mentioned before, each of us keeping our own stress management program, yeah. whether it's running, journaling, sleep, more sleep, you know, affirmations. Whatever your practice is, because communicating in a relaxed way is everything. Right. And I personally believe you can't really get to that point unless you're taking care of yourself, unless you have some kind of time carved out for yourself Mm -hmm. to, like you said, journal, meditate, do whatever is going to fill your cup for you that day that's a game changer. I mean, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. You know, when I first had my son, I was going nuts because I, I never had that time for myself. And so I was always resentful and feeling like a martyr and I was miserable, you know, and I, and I didn't know why, because everything should have been so great at that time. And it was because I wasn't taking care of myself first. Yes. Yes. That is a classic trap for us moms. Mm-hmm. around the self-sacrificing martyr. And that is across many cultures. I mean, you know, we deal with very heterogeneous families, um, not necessarily uh, exclusive to nuclear traditional families, but, you know, single moms, blended families, extended families, alternate lifestyles. Um, and that seems to be a critical factor across all those different types of marriages and love relationships. Mm, That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, to put a bow on everything, what is the one thing that you would like our listeners to take away from this talk? If they, if they could place their hat on one thing, what would that be? Well, I'm going to say two things because one (laughs) is I would love our audience to buy our, our book, which we are so excited about. Uh, released May 7th, How to Free uh, Silent Agreements, How to Free Your Relationships of Unspoken Expectations. So that would be the first thing because it's replete and packed full of examples that deal with sex, commitment, family, 
health, workplace, uh, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a context in there for everyone um, to get some tools. Uh, And I would say that we offer, for example, uh, opportunities not only for identification of silent agreements, but also actual conversation starters. Which is huge. I love that in the book. Language. Mm. Um, I mean, just for example, you know, what what do I say to my partner? Because obviously what I've been saying to my partner isn't really working here. So we give some ideas. Let me some a menu of phrases that maybe you can relate to more or you think that that would open up discussion more like um you know that's a problem we share instead of you know that's entirely you know yours mm-hmm. to work out that might be a little more helpful <laughs> moving about sharing or we both fail to solve the problem it's not you who failed, mm-hmm. we both failed. And and I hope we can get through this together. And of course, with all those goodies of your own self-care um, and some timeouts and just kind of finding some of those enjoyable moments, keep all that in, you know, watch our favorite movie. We don't have to talk right now. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy this, right? Um, and yeah, maybe things have fallen apart between us for the moment. But in the meantime, just know how much I love you. Mm. How about that? Why can't we say both and, yeah. you know, without the blame, without the guilt? Um, and sometimes things get to the point where you need a little time away, right? Um, maybe a weekend, time out, want to visit with mom or dad. And and to focus on forgiveness. So when you say that to your partner, the forgiveness is really about the shared forgiveness Mm -hmm. and just needing to feel that and get in touch with that so that you can move on to the next phase. Because we have to figure out, you know, how are we going to live during this difficult time without it being so awful? (laughs) Difficult times. That's right. And um, so that's why we talk about freeing our relationships of unspoken expectation and why we we really value emotional freedom here, that it is all about, you know, you know, emotional freedom here and that we can change. Um, We can also decide to keep things exactly the same the way they are. People have that right. Mm. And they say, well, this this is it. This is where we are. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's that other choice, which is, you know, difficult around separation. So, yeah, I mean, I really felt while I was reading the book that it was as if I was sitting with you guys, you know, you do such a great job of creating an open space, laying out the information, laying out a million examples, you know, that are relatable and then having the tools in the book, the conversation starters, the scenarios to where a person reading that could say, I can do this. You know, I can, this is actually like, I have that support system that you were talking about earlier. I mean, it's right there in the book. So I think that this is really going to change a lot of lives, improve a lot of marriages and honestly improve you know, the workplace and even, you know, the parent-child relationship so that there's not these new set of silent agreements being born in the next generation. Absolutely. It's really, um, 
an exciting time to be talking about solutions now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like even generations before, no one was really open to talking like this. I mean, That's this, is, right. this is a new world. <laughs> Listen, we're the change makers. Mm-hmm. We have to make it. We have to put the tools out there. Yeah. Um, we can't fall into those traps that have okay. laid out. Exactly. Um, so I always end with some rapid fire questions if you're ready. Okay. okay. A healthy relationship is? It is when two people who honor their wholeness come together. I believe in. I believe in love. I believe in dealing with reality and challenges as it comes and knowing that we will get through it. I'm grateful for. I am grateful for the every single moment is an opportunity to feel and take in what we were given, the gift that we were given of being who we are. And last one, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? I wish I had learned to relax more and not feel like I had to have everything figured out as if there was one right or perfect way to live. I love that. Um, Okay, so what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you and find the book and find out more about the work that you're doing? Yes, uh, uh, doctors Sonia Banks, Michelle Owens, and myself, we have our website is silentagreements.com. Our book is released May 7th at uh, all major bookstores. It's a Rodale Harmony Random House book. So, uh, and again, called Silent Agreements, How to Free Your Relationships of Unspoken Expectations. I love it. I love this yes. book. It's so important and so and, needed. Yes. And we do, uh, we will be offering workshops and consultations and uh, many opportunities to provide psychoeducational help for people. I love it. And all of these, um, the site and everything will be in the show notes, of course. Um, Dr. Anderson, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for uplifting us all with this information and with the work that you're doing in the world. And and, uh, I just know the book is going to really help so many people. I so appreciate you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast and I am your host, Liz Carlisle. It is a pleasure to be in your ears when you're walking your dog, on your workout, on your commute, or just cleaning your house, whatever you may be doing. Um, If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend and uh, tag me in your Instagram stories when you're listening to this. I want to know what you liked about the episode so that I can share it with our community and just keep the conversation going till next time, guys. Take care.